0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries
1: entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahneman. Thanks for listening. Thanks to me. And thanks for downloading it. Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. I don't even know how to explain the conversation that we're about to have today because it's so diverse and cool. <laughs> in 300 and whatever episodes, I don't think I've ever introduced one this way. And this guest, oh, by the way, has done more homework on me than I think any other. Not that it's in that bad thing, but I mean, I was blown away in the last <laughs> couple of minutes. So on the podcast today is Rob Deerdeck. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> so great meeting you. As I was doing my homework on you, though, it's usually, I don't want to say pretty simple, like, um, it, you know, individual starts company. Before that, they were working for a large company. And it's great we share that story. You are an entrepreneur. You are a world-class record-setting skateboarder. Um, you ha- are in the TV space. Uh, you've got an incredible venture uh, company, Deer Deck Machine, which we're going to talk about today, where you're helping other consumer goods companies get off the ground. And, um, you know, wow, I, I can't even wait to unpack. And so, again, I just I really appreciate you making the time. Let's do this share with our audience a little bit about your background. And we're going to go all the way back to age 11. Share with our audience kind of how things got started for you. Uh, I mean, look, I, I looked up to my girlfriend or my uh, sister's
0: boyfriend and he was a skater and I'm like, I need to be a skater too. Um, (laughs) And that's when I picked up a skateboard at the same time, I made a phone call to the local skate shop and said, they had a ramp there. I said, Hey, uh, if I get 10 people to pay, will you let me skate for free? They thought it was funny. They let me skate for free. It was owned by a 19 year old serial entrepreneur. Um, from that point I became sponsored by that shop and began to watch him. And create companies. I turned pro at 16 years old, forego my final year as a high school student. I left my junior year. I then started my first company when I moved to California when I was 17 called Orion Trucks. Um, I have since co-founded 26 different companies, had four television shows, a 20-year professional skateboarding career. I've been attacked by a shark, oh, uh, attacked what? by a tiger. <laughs> I broke the world record for jumping a car backwards uh, 90 feet. <laughs> I'm the only human being to ever barrel roll a front-wheel drive car, 60 feet ramp to ramp. I have had winning race horses in the Breeders' Cup and jockeyed one and won a race, um, been towed into a giant wave, grinded a 20 stair handrail. And since launching my venture business in 2016, I built 15 companies, five of which I sold for $450 million (laughs) because that of course is my true life passion. You know,
1: that's amazing. Um, Again, I don't think I've ever had the the first two minutes of a podcast be so incredible. <laughs> um, okay, I got to ask you some questions. So along the way, sure. so when you got into skateboarding, and I mean that that just took off for you it became um you know your thing and you you really built a brand there i mean you said i I read i don't know if this is exactly right but 21 world records and it really evolved into a, a bigger um almost like business for you talk about that before you got into some of the other businesses yeah i mean look i'm i'm uh, when I turned pro
0: as a professional skateboarder, it was, the industry was t- tiny, you know? So I got to sort of evolve and be a part of a lot of the business side that really grew it. Um, you know, that first year I sold one signature Rob Deck board and got a check for $2 uh, hey, that's in good. 1991 <laughs> nice. uh, for the, the month of December. Right. So to <laughs> me, um, you know, it was always, um, you know, a, like it's the ultimate dream to, to set your mind. I'm going to be a professional athlete and, and go achieve it. The difference was, is it was such an entrepreneurial sort of sport because the athletes really owned most of the companies inside the sport. Right. And that's Got even it. why my first company that I started uh, was Orion trucks, which is essentially the the metal part of the skateboard. And, and for me, it's the it's where I cut my teeth and sort of both being a personal brand and creating brands that built the foundation for my entrepreneurial
1: life. You know? So and and I'm going to um, wind back to this in a minute. Do you still skateboard today?
0: I, You know, I don't not not like I I'm I'm. You know, not to get too deep, but I've been re-engineering the f- entire biomechanical functionality of my body Wow! Um, okay. uh, because ultimately I want to live the next, you know, 50 plus years, um, you know, running around like with flawless biomechanics so I can surf and skate and do all this fun stuff with my kids. Um, I thought it would take me, you know, a year or two to, to do it. It's it, it took. It's been five years. I think it'll take two or three more, but at the end of it. Flawless biomechanics, like a, like an eighteen year old super athlete, wow. is what I'll be uh, when I'm fifty years old. You know?
1: <laughs> okay, we're gonna come back to that in a minute. That sounds pretty unbelievable. Um, <laughs> how did the TV stuff start for you? Okay, you you talked about Orion trucks and whatnot as your first business ventures, but how did the TV? Um, how did that all come about for you? You know, another really big,
0: big business that I helped create and evolve was DC Shoes, right? So it was sort of skate footwear. Really exploded uh, in the early two thousands, and you know all my signature product and all of that. And I actually had wrote a skit for the skate video, uh, which is basically your best tricks are put into content, and you put that out to the skate community. That's sort of how your career was marked in uh, skateboarding. And so I wrote a skit of like, I'm, I always go and get kicked out by security guards when I skate in the streets. But from now on, I'm going to bring my own security guard. Wow, and nice. that was the the great Christopher big black Boykin. And, and we <laughs> filmed this funny skit together, which eventually got recognized by Jeff Tremaine who, who had did Jackass right. like you guys yeah. should uh, and Ruben Fleischer, big movie director now who like got us to, to put together a television pilot, which then when the show got picked up um, that changed everything for me. Right. So now I have this television show on MTV and, and I really, I had built a bunch of companies uh, before that had actually launched. And I had kind of saw what had happened to Bam Margera and all his products from Jackass and, And when I, I positioned myself to use that platform to basically scale all of the businesses that I had and basically everything exploded overnight. And my life really changed after doing the first episode, first season of Robin big.
1: And was that the power of TV? Does that make sense? Is that what gave you that platform? hundred percent. You got to
0: understand now you're being, you have a half hour uh, platform to market to millions and millions of people on a weekly basis. So right. you got to think. So when I, I did that show for three seasons, yeah. then I sold another show to MTV called fantasy factory. That was just around my businesses. Right. Got so it. it was shot in my office. So now I've used that platform. I sold deals to Chevy and Microsoft and Carl's Jr. I did all these big integration oh deals.
1: Wow. Then
0: I launched company after company and used the platform uh, to basically drive and scale all of these different
1: opportunities back in, in that era. And were you naturally an entrepreneur? I mean, did you... Because I, I, I... Did you have kind of the innate sense for how to start something and grow it? Or did you have to lean on others? When you talk about starting I, it, a business, it, I mean, did you have to get some help? What did that look like? Yeah,
0: I think it it, it, it varied and the success varied depending on who I partnered with in my early days, right? And, and, and it was very very hard to understand why some things worked and some things didn't as a young entrepreneur, because sure. I, I would just do anything and some worked and some didn't, some worked really big. And, and, but I was still, I was uneducated. I didn't understand finance. I didn't understand operations. I was really brand and marketing guy right. and like put things to bed. <laughs> I was more of a sales guy that was able to put together these big ideas, find the right operating partner, manufacturing partner, distribution partner. I could, I could help kind of connect the dots on that. And then the companies that I would that would start and fail would always be you could always look back to the operator and and really almost always sort of the the financial side of the business where I would just get too caught up in the idea side. So, you know, I but I was doing so many that I was beginning to learn uh, how to do it. And again, I was raised by entrepreneur wolves. You know what I mean? I, sure. I was raised by serial <laughs> entrepreneurs. They, they all started companies around me. It's why I even decided to try to start it. I just assumed this is what I was meant to do when I started my first company. So it's a, it's a much deeper outlier experience when you're around that much business creation. And then you actually go and do it over and over in your twenties, sure. uh, it is a deeper sort of level of experience than that. Most people are afforded, you know?
1: Right. And when did you know that it was really taking off? Was it right when MTV, when that first show started? Like, is that when you went, wow, I think we have something here. This is bigger than I, you know, really thought.
0: Oh, I mean, I had made millions before that, right? Because I, I, you know, the footwear and, and all it. the companies that I yeah. had started from my professional skateboarding side, right? You got to understand that company was built and sold for hundred and ten million, you know, before I ever got on TV, right? So it was like a it just um, accelerated. It all, yeah, oh, and then you got to understand it, it. It did eighty million in sales on, and then got acquired for hundred and and 10 million i believe and then i went on television the next year within like 18 months it did 500 million in revenue wow. from how big that um that exposure was now i got signature pro- i got my royalties on my signature product i had sold you know what equity i had in the business went along when they when it was acquired before i was on television sure. but but either way it's still at the end of the day uh, Justin, you're still collecting capital. You're either paying yeah. short-term, long-term, uh, you know, or you're holding, you know, but in, and really I would use that capital to start different businesses and I'd launch cartoons and movies. I did all types of stuff in sort of my adventure of sure. entrepreneurship.
1: Um, So lots of successes, any, I don't want to say spectacular failures or anything that you look back and you're like, yeah, that really didn't work. <laughs> I don't know, like any good examples of something you tried and it's like, ah, I don't, that wasn't my thing. I mean, look, I, I don't know if I would ever say it's
0: not my thing, right? Because all of them have, inv- like, they're all adventures, sure. right? So forget forget about even the lessons I've learned. Because half, half the time, I didn't learn a lesson, right? Like, I think I did. But in hindsight, I just went and did the same thing again. Like, what's wrong with you, you know? So um, I, I love it. I just love it. I, I like yeah. to say I'm fueled by the joy of creation. And that's totally. why I just, like, nonstop creating all these different things. That's what sort of allowed. But I... Look, I have big failures. I put $2 million into launching the, the, the writing, producing, starring in the first ever skateboarding feature film. Ooh. Um, and you know, I want to say I've made back, you know, look, I even paid to put it in theaters. I want to say I was out <laughs> in Buckhead at a movie theater trying to pr- promote it <laughs> right around uh, the corner. But from I,
1: yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: but I had, um, you know, I lost two million on that. Right, mm-hmm. Very, pretty painful sort of experience. I the company that I turned pro for was sold to a big uh, snowboarding company called Burton, and yeah. Um, I ended up buying it back from Burton to be the hero, right? And uh bought bought basically a hornet's nest, right? I didn't really quite <laughs> taught me a lot about sort of the operational side of a right. business. Really, really that taught me a lot about seeing business multidimensionally, to know where value in, in a business potentially is and and its market scalability, right? A lot of times young entrepreneurs decide how big a business can get, don't even consider the size of the market and, and how it really relatively is not even possible. Your vision isn't possible when you just make up numbers in a financial model, even though back then I couldn't read one very well. But, you know, I, I ended up losing, you know, four or five million dollars on that transaction. And it hurt my spirit sure. because I I tried to acquire a business and turn it around when it was really meant to, to just sort of lay in its sort of core skateboarding world. Not my big way of thinking kind of disrupted it and made me look bad to the skate community. Wow.
1: Amazing. Um, Today, you also have a business, The Deer Deck Machine, uh, which is a venture creation studio that partners with visionary entrepreneurs. And a lot of them are in the world of consumer products. Um, Talk about that business and, and how you're helping so many other brands today. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's sort of the
0: refined adult version of what I did for the previous <laughs> nice. 20 years, you know what I mean? Where it's sure. like, it's, it's my life's mastery is curating ideas and individuals and shaping them into profitable, uh, <laughs> sustainable, acquirable assets. Right. And at the end of the day, I love consumer products cause you hold them, right? right. Like I love, you yeah. know, it's right. like, whether it's, you know, my comfort brand and trying to take on a big chunk of the three. Point six billion dollars in in sales between UGGs and Crocs and right. Birkenstocks, and and but I still you know it's tangible it's footwear and I built it with footwear experts had yep. a real thesis on what we're chasing, on the opportunity um, saw the wave of nootropics and supplements and sort of the better for you functional um, uh, uh, superfoods and built Mind Right Good Mood Superfood a nootropic infused uh, superfood brand that I <clears> launched. <throat> this year with a great operator, but the the through line with all of these is it's, you know, to create a great business and have success and scale, there's so many different things that that have to occur, right? In order for that to happen, that's why I call it systematically fusing art, science, and magic. Is you've got to create the opportunity, you've got to continually shape it in all aspects. There's the fundamentals of business that never change: uh, margin, discipline, cost structure, all these things that matter. And then there's the magic side. You got to get lucky. You got to be. You got to be a little bit early. You got to be at the right time. You got to get the right bit of marketing uh, for for something like that to to really work. And then for me, it's sport, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm still in the business of creating a return on my capital, right? I own it 100%. It's all my money. And then I invest with partners. But I'm still looking at, even though I'll co-find a business 50-50, put up the first couple hundred thousand to develop it, be the first round, then play a part in the next few growth rounds. I'm still looking at that capital. Capital on what's my ROI and IRR at the end of the day, right? I, I want to judge myself on my returns, but my passion is like creating the brand, holding right. the product for the first time, totally. the tasting it for the first time, pig out chips, like, right. oh, it's amazing. Like, year. oh, yeah. you know, it's like- <laughs> It's like all the different ones. And then even even when you build and sell a company, Justin, it is a wild ride. You just can't... Even how the circumstances of the whole thing ended up, you can be as strategic and plan as hard as you want. It is the most unpredictable, insane uh, journey each and every time. And that's why I just want to do it over and over again.
1: I love it. 14 brands created, five brands exited, $450 million in total exit value. I love your, your tagline, overthrow the status. Quo, um, what makes a good brand or a company to come into your portfolio? Like, how do you decide? Like, because I'm sure you get all kinds of ideas coming across you to invest in. Like, how do you decide what's the right one?
0: I mean, really, since we're going from the idea stage, it's a much different uh, world, right? Where I'm, so that means I'm curating the skill set of an entrepreneur, right? And I, I really want, you know, I, I call it do or dire entrepreneurs, because I want like. Like the grit, determination, ambition, fortitude, relentless work ethic, and unwavering self belief in your ability to create your vision into reality. But you got to know business multidimensionally. You have to know that a business has seven core parts that is, brand, product, media, marketing, sales, operations, and finance, and how they <laughs> right. connect. Is like how, how the strength of your business and it always ties back to the economics, the economical viability of your idea, right. And the market size and all these things. So I'm curating the individuals. Then I, then, then the idea, is it white space? Is it serving some sort of unique value proposition um, and that can be a lot of different ways. But as, as long as you're positioned in a, in a different way, I look for founder market fit. I want an experienced entrepreneur that understands the industry that they're trying to build in. Uh, I think anyone can build a company in any industry with no experience, but it'll take you 10 years to figure out that industry. I don't have that time. It's no fun yeah. business business. Is no fun when it doesn't work. Right. right and totally like agree. to me, most I could point to all of like this the failures or what I consider more flat companies, almost all of it can go back to founder market fit. It, it's just people trying to apply their knowledge of what they think. Uh, is a better industry for them because the industry they came from was hard uh when the truth is all of them are hard right and right. so you you want somebody that that's taking a shot with a better understanding of where they are at because the learning curve is so so less dramatic you
1: know yeah amazing a couple of the things that I do over here when I look at stuff <laughs> you know right amazing um and then You know, as you've grown this, uh, this business, have you had any like mentors or coaches in your life, you know, throughout that have kind of helped you along the way or been people that have given you some pointers or who do you call when you need advice,
0: man? You know, I wish, I wish I had more people to call. Um, you know, I almost think that I mentor by collect by collection, right? Like it's almost like, like a committee. Yeah. It's like, almost like I, I have a bunch of different groups that I'm a part of that, like, And a bunch of people I respect and trust opinion wise of like, because I mean, the truth is, I just love everything I do (laughs) till I get it out of the out of the off out of the room and get it into the street. Then when people start asking questions, "Oh, oh, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I'm I have really found. You know, it, it's this really collecting, and this is all aspects of life, right? This is from how I manage my money to to sort of the 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 way that I approach life. I have these big peer groups that I connect with. It's really this peer to peer learning, and and sharing information is is kind of like my big mentor system, right? No it's one cool. person
1: really has the answers, yeah, you know. I agree with you. I don't think there is one, especially person. in the world that I play in, right? It's a well, it's you're a in much, diverse world, like you've got. Yeah. So one of the things we before we hit record, uh, we were talking about how we spend our time and I was sharing with you that, you know, I kind of thrive on like the when the next thing comes in. I Sometimes I'm more efficient as I take on more. And you had a really good point around that in terms of like your method and how you manage your time and six hours of television plus other things. Share with our audience kind of how you organize Yeah. I mean, look, I, I called it a machine mindset. You know, you,
0: like, I really believe there's, you got the 24 hours and, and now you have to choose to me balance over everything, right? So if you choose balance over everything, that means that you really only have about a third of your life to work, right? Like if you sleep a third of your life, you spend a third (laughs) of your life with your family. Like you now have about a third of your life to work. If, 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 if you choose balance, right. For me, um, I've designed a very, very balanced life. You know, I've created these, this, I have an 80 page document called the rhythm of existence that is an wow. operating model for my life. Right. Wow. And
1: dude, why don't you publish it?
0: I, you know, I will at some point, you know what I mean? I, I think for me, it's like, I, I will eventually share sort of my, my philosophies and how I've sort of evolved into what I call thriving, right. And how, how I define that, right. Because you got to think in 2015, I decided the type of life I wanted to live after all this success, it, I was in chaos, right. Because I was going a million different directions and, and was having highs and lows. And I finally, I read a book called start at the end, which is the mm-hmm. business book about defining what you want out of a business before you start. And I realized I needed to apply that to my life. Mm-hmm. And I built this extraordinary life plan, which then really gave me sort of the North star of how I would begin to, to use my time and how I wanted to use my time. And then then that led to building my system that is sort of this whole concept of design it automate it and optimize it and then as you begin to master time you now begin to fully know when you're at capacity and when you're over capacity you know and, and i almost equate it to like you know you're a, a never life is a never ending wave right and you're surfing it and it's, you're feeling amazing. You're in the energy, you're thriving. Mm -hmm. You can get tumbled by it. You can get tumbled by it. Right. But, and, but you can get back up to surfing, but if you get pulled under, now you get to the back of the wave and it takes so much energy to like get back into the wave. And, and what I ultimately am trying to do is build a system that never allows me to get pulled back under so that I, I can it. tumble. When I get the capacity over capacity, I start to tumble. And, and a lot of times, Justin, you make mistakes. You take on big things that you just can't turn off. And then you've got True. to realize, man, I just pinned myself. I'm going to Have to go through six months now, and try to keep my head up and be positive and not mad at myself that I've overcommitted here and, and get this corrected. Right. Like, but it's that awareness, you know, that deep awareness of self and ultimately deep understanding of your personal time. And ultimately what makes you happy is that I mastered in in an effort to, to have success, be an extraordinary high quality of living
1: above all, you know, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I am sure um, your method would be interesting to others. Uh, who probably need some, you know, not everybody is, is organized or is good at organizing their their life in the balance yeah. piece. Um, another interesting point that we had talked about was when you, when you take on something new, like it takes time to like fit that in and kind of get up, get that up to speed of where everything else is. You know what I mean? So you have to yeah. invest that extra time and effort, which is interesting. Well, uh, you always underestimate it. Totally. You know what I mean? It's not just going you know, to start and fit right in. You got to, it takes yeah, investment. And, and, and even when you're a really good planner,
0: right? you just underestimate like all of the nuances and as I was saying, you also underestimate the mind share when you're doing something that you're. You have to be thinking about it so much more because you want to drive everything to automation to where it becomes effortless, where you're living in mastery, and you don't even have to think about it. It just moves for you, right? Nice. Like that's that's where you want to get to, and that for a lot of different things, depending on what it is, takes years. That's wow. not a like, oh, you can get that going in like six months. That right. is like, you know, especially business. You don't even, you know, <laughs> you're right. the first two years, you are trenching through the valley of death just trying to <laughs> yes. be survive just trying to get the product market fit totally then you can get into this rhythm where like okay now we know who the consumer is we know what product we know the pricing strategy we know our line plan like Man, all these things start our to language,
1: work. my language here yeah totally it takes time but you know how hard it is yes. right and everybody totally thinks i does. could do
0: that in one year they oh, do a yeah. business model everybody's doing 25 million in so year three funny. you know what i mean that's so when you're just to trying to that. survive the first 18 months
1: you know I, Every time I interview an entrepreneur and I, one of the, my questions is, well, how long did it take from like, I think I'm going to go start this XYZ company to first product like in hand that's ready to go to, to go to sale. It wasn't two or three months. In many cases, a year, two, three years just to get a sale anyway, a saleable product. Yeah, hey, but but even to that point, right, as it relates to,
0: to products and, and bringing products to market it is so dependent on the product you choose, right? Like it is dependent also on the entrepreneur. I I had a conversation with a gentleman in March and launched a business in July, right? Uh, Incredible. But this is also a guy that has, is a, like his own manufacturing facility right. in China and like had a vision and all this other stuff. And, you know, when I, when I had my first meeting for Luso cloud, the, the footwear brand that yeah. we, lo- we launched, I, that meeting was in like July of 2018. <laughs> we didn't get to market till <laughs> November of 20, uh, 2020, right? It like time. it's just, and you don't, but when you start that, and, and I'll tell you what I learned in it, because what happened in my early days is okay, like we'll, we'll start burning money as we're in product development, right? Like, and we'll start doing like, so basically almost every company I launched in 2016 was a year behind getting to market and underestimated the capital that they needed by, by about five or $600,000, right? Almost all of them. Right. And so now I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, like but you can prevent that. At, at this mastery level, you know, we do the first couple hundred thousand of development and we have com- developed everything completely outsourced, maybe one sort of organized manager. That's why we're so good with solopreneurs, right? Sure. Like you got an idea, our whole team can help support you before you start burning money got because it. you can't begin to burn money till you are in market. Now you start fighting for sales, now you hire bodies to try to drive revenue. Right. But but you definitely you don't want to get caught being six months behind mar- behind getting to market. And now you've got like six people you're paying all the way through <laughs> into totally. that time. That's where you're just burning cash. You know. I
1: totally agree. Yeah, that's great advice for everyone listening. That's in the entrepreneurship. We have so many entrepreneurs that listen to our show, um, and it kind of links to. I, I always like to ask our guests, you know, for pieces of advice. You've offered so much throughout today already. Anything that sticks out, like to those entrepreneurs that are, that have an idea or maybe are in the early stages of building a business that you would, you know, you'd share with them as as early days. Uh, you know, look, I, I think it's as you know, it's so dependent on what that business is. You know,
0: I. I... I I just implore especially entrepreneurs that love their idea so much <laughs> right. fall in love with the financial side of your business. <laughs> That's not right very fun. It's like you know it's like it, it it's like the reality of it is is businesses are are, you know, forms of creating capital, you know, using capital to create capital. It's like, and if you don't, if you don't understand your business financially, extraordinarily down to the detail, it's hard to make strategic decisions that line back up to that because you're always like making strategic decisions on the brand or the product that you love type of thing. And, and, and I just think, you know, most entrepreneurs have their strengths and then they try to hire somebody to fill in what they're not good at. But the truth is, you, if you're, if this is your company, you're the CEO, the founder. You have got to get general knowledge and the seven core capabilities. You've got to understand brand and what that means and how to how to tell your story. You've got to understand product development and and margin inside all of that and product line strategy and how that can scale and and all of these things that are important. You got to understand media. It's how you tell your story. You got to understand marketing. It's how you get people to buy it. You got to understand sales. At the end of the day, if you can't sell it, nobody's, you don't have a business. And then operationally, how all that intertwines, people don't even think of how complex that is. And then most importantly, financially, how does all of that tie back to something that's financially viable? You you need to learn that stuff so that you have general knowledge so you can hire the right people. Because Somebody can talk your ear off in an interview, and you're like, "This is the one." Right, and then you get them in, and they don't know what they're doing. Right, I that's think crazy. that's the
1: the the problem with a lot of young entrepreneurs. You Man, know? I love that. That's like golden advice. Um, love it. So, okay, I think we should finish with something kind of fun. You mentioned at the intro some of the crazy things that you've done. Now, mm-hmm. I found two other things that you didn't mention. Um, so I'd like to start with these two and then go back and you'd share some of like the barrel roll and the reversing, all that. I think that's crazy. Sure. I want to hear those. Um, the first one I read here you is is you've, you've eaten the most bananas in one minute and the most powdered donuts in three minutes. Is that true? that is not true that is not true uh when i did i did
0: an episode of robin big and i broke like 27 skateboarding world records oh in like two days yeah that's. and then big black yeah. god rest his soul like he to make it to like like we searched for some like records that he could break. And we're like, man, you can get this pounder donut one. He's that's like, that's what it was. That. that was the, yeah. Linkage. And, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and then he ended up, we shot an episode of Robin big where he broke the record for both of those, which was, you know, uh, he gets those, crazy. he has that record. You
1: know. All right. Share some of the, you, you, in your little, in the intro, two minutes, you mentioned a bunch of things that were incredible. Share some of those with our audience that were just like, you yeah. look back and go, I don't think I'd do that again, but at the time it was pretty awesome. Oh, I mean, look, the beauty of it is, is
0: I I recently was just looking back at like all of the stunts that I did. And I used to look at like these other stunt guys and be like, I'm not like them. They're way out there. And, and now I realized looking back at myself, like, no, you were like them. But you know, <laughs> I I, Fantasy it. Factory gave, gave me this sort of amazing opportunity to, to begin to build this stunt highlight reel, right? So I would create these extraordinary stunt stories around these big stunts that a lot of times were connected with business, right? So when I got attacked, I went to the Bahamas yeah, the shark, and got, a, right? uh, got attacked by a shark, but I did that as because I was launching a toy line in Walmart and one of my characters was called Surf. He was a surf skater. My my brand was called Wild Grinders, and so like he'd been. His name was Shark Attack. So I'm like, I got to go live my brand. Right. So I went and got attacked for uh, doing that. When I when I got into buying horses, you know I'm. Um, I decided it'd be so funny if I raced one. So as of part course. of like getting into investing in horses, I jockeyed one. Um, you know, when I got, I got towed into a giant wave with Laird oh, Hamilton, right. uh, in, in Hawaii and that whole thing was, um, I wanted to test my man level, right? Like at what level? <laughs> what? And it's like the, the only time level. I've almost
1: died, I was, right? Like I got <laughs> those caught, waves are scary, t- man. Oh, I
0: got caught under two two big weights. The only time I ever almost died, oh, um, when I did when I flipped the car, um, barrel rolled the car, ramp to ramp. That yeah. was for a big Chevy partnership where it was a Super Bowl <laughs> commercial. Oh it was gosh. the season premiere of Fantasy Factory. <laughs> they were, you know, I started and developed the. Uh, uh, NBA of skateboarding. That's, uh, called street league skateboarding. Yeah, I saw eventually that. went I saw on that. To, yep. to, 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 that was acquired, although it did drive skateboarding into the Olympics this year. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but, um, so I did that. They were sponsors of that. So I kick flipped a Chevy Sonic sort of deal. And then that was so worked out so well that they were like, you know do you want to do another one? I'm like, man, maybe I looked at another world record and saw that I could break the world record for jumping a car the furthest distance backwards. backwards. Uh, so okay. I became Bork my my name backwards as the stunt man, And I and you know n- you know Kedrick. jumped this car 98 feet uh, 98 feet like ramp to ramp backwards oh my it was God. pretty incredible. The last stunt I ever did like the night that I asked my my now wife's father for her hand in marriage, I <laughs> I jumped the final scene that I ever saw, final stunt of my life, I jumped a monster car 43 or monster truck yeah, like 40 feet through an yeah, through an exploding RV in front of 40,000 people in Anaheim oh, uh geez. as the final stunt that I had ever done. And then that night, you know, I asked Permission from after he saw that. I'm like, what's up? You know, <laughs> what I mean? you, up? Just, you just you saw what I did. Can I have oh, her hand in marriage? You know, hilarious. and And then you know that was the 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 last sort of stunt, but but yeah, had 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 this had this incredible um, highlight reel of getting attacked by sharks and 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 I got attacked by a tiger and I did all this stuff and I've been showing my son recently and he's almost (laughs) five. I'm like, check it out, Dad, (laughs) getting attacked by a shark. Check it out, the tiger. He's like, he was like, you ever ride an elephant? I was like, you know, I ride an elephant. I pulled up this like footage of me like riding an elephant from an episode. (laughs) Right. So So it's this extraordinary. Sort of aspect of mm-hmm. I keep getting to live these multiple lives, right? I lived a full lifetime in my twenties as a pro athlete sure. and businessman. Then I then I basically lived in this entire stunt and television uh, sort of world in my thirties. And you know, even though I've sort of transitioned each of them, and still shoot two hundred and fifty episodes right. of television That's a year,
1: crazy, it's um, crazy.
0: But it's still part of these sort of lives. As now I transition into building my life and legacy, both from my business, uh, and, and, and my, the creations that I build. And, you know, I just launched an entrepreneur foundation, put a million dollars into it. We're going to start, uh, really giving underserved communities an oh, opportunity awesome. to learn that's how to really build cool. a business plan and then fund them. And really this is just kind of my transition, you know, <laughs> off of TV
1: here, <laughs> right. is sort of like my, my next sort of world, you know? Dude, that's so great. I have to just say, thank you so much for coming on. On, uh, the podcast. It's so great meeting you and hearing your stories. I know we could probably even go deeper on some of these. I want to have you back on down the road, uh, unpack the whole health and wellness thing. I think you've got something there um, that I know you'd love to share and then even further on the entrepreneurship front. But Rob, it's been so great having you on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by
0: Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands.